Oh, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. All right. Hello, everybody. It's a Wednesday night. No, it's a Tuesday night. I don't know what day it is anymore. Once we start getting into the winter holidays, it's all very weird. But you know what's going to be great? Starting next year, we have we start creeping in with all of the eves and the days. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We start creeping back into the work week again. That's great. There's nothing worse. Nothing worse than having holidays, snow days, anything else happening on Fridays, Saturdays. No, no, Saturdays and Sundays. We'll take Fridays, though. All right. Anyway, welcome to a Tuesday night show. It's going to be a good one tonight here on Quite Frankly. We're just starting the pre-show off a little bit. And I have had on the schedule for weeks now, actually feels like more than a month and a half, uh, Anomaly is coming back on. I don't think he's been on this show, I said on Twitter today, maybe in three or four years, but it's longer than that. It might be four or five years. So Anomaly is back on with us. It's been a long time. I don't even remember what we talked about the first time. Neither does he. He's been a very busy guy. And um, and we're going to be discussing, obviously, the, the big story of the day is Kanye's walk-off on Tim Pool. And all the, it's, it's more, it's, the, it's a bigger picture there, too. Uh, me, I look at it from a broadcast production standpoint, and I go, what a fucking disaster. What the hell? I mean, come on. You got to keep this together. Um, and then there is just the, um, the verboten nature of anything that has to do with uh, Zionism or related topics. I mean, we, we do it. We've been going far back. We remember like it was two weeks ago that we, two or three weeks ago when we had uh, Ryan Gable on, we started from the beginning. We went to Sabbatean Frankism and we're talking about inversion of all major religions and how that really starts creeping into modern day hidden hand, shadow government, shadow puppetry that we see going on, um, it, it, it actually forces you not to get myopic about one group and, uh, and, and one worldview and start widening it out to see a bigger picture there. But of course, that's the defense, one of the defense mechanisms of all this. You, you make it so verboten, you make it so complex that it's hard to even get a word in, and you don't have the time to get nuanced without everybody sweating bullets, sweating blood. And, uh, and then of course, you just get lost into the abyss of bigotry. Never to return. You bigot. How dare you? Anyway. Um, we'll talk about that tonight with Anomaly. Also, I just want to get his opinions on what's going on with Twitter, uh, because we're going to see some really big moves, according to Elon Musk and his staff, in revealing just what's been going on behind the scenes. Censorship. Um, I, I hear that there is a, a big, big reinstatement of many Twitter accounts that were lost. I heard over 60,000 are going to be reinstated soon, and it's a it's a gargantuan task. So, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's just all things to say, oh, that happened this year. And, uh, and away we go. That's all. I want to thank my sponsor tonight. I should have definitely smoked a little before we started. Secret Nature CBD. 
Com. Go and check out Secret Nature CBD. They've got everything you need there for your medicine cabinet at home. That's the tinctures and the oils and the bud, the pre-rolls, the gummies, whatever you want. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Full spectrum, beautifully crafted, organic, organic cannabis products that can only come from meticulous work done over the last 20 years. So go and check out go and check out secretnaturecbd.com. You can find their links on quitefrankly.tv on the affiliates page or in the links in this episode description. Use promo code frankly for 20% off. And yeah, give your nervous system a vacation. Indeed. All right, there you have it. And just as an extra plug to our good friends at Blue Monster Prep, I don't know what Secret Nature is doing any Cyber Monday stuff, but I know Blue Monster is definitely extending their Cyber Monday deals until Wednesday. So go go and check them out as well. Tomorrow we got um, Robin McCutcheon, professor, Marshall University. Economics, we'll be talking about the history of Black Friday, the role of the responsible banker, and who the hell knows what else. I also have a an article I think I have to save until, save until tomorrow because Robin is a university professor, so she knows a little thing, a little thing or two about indoctrination of the youth. Here's a story of where the hell is it? Here is a story about a mother who spent a uh, a handsome amount of dollars to deprogram her daughter after she was brainwashed uh, by her liberal arts college. And supposedly she did it successfully. So I, I wanna talk about that tomorrow. Maybe I'll read this before I call up Robin. I don't know, we'll get around, we'll figure it out. All in due time. Either way, it's going to be a really great week. But we continue on with that tonight. Uh, all right, first thing up, let's get into our grab bag and just start seeing how everybody's feeling. First one up is, oh, what do you know? It's a story out of Israel. The Jerusalem Post. Israel and its good buddy, the United States, to hold air drill simulating striking Iran nuclear program. So, always, always constructive. Remember this time last year, Israel was hosting, I think, uh, a 10 nation summit on uh, drilling for cyber attacks as well, so. I'm sure that the next five years are just going to be splendid. The drill, one of the largest Israel Air Force drills in years, will include long-range flights such as those that Israeli pilots might need to make in order to reach Iran. The drill will take place Tuesday until Thursday over the Mediterranean Sea, and Israel will conclude its long-range flights um, that they'll have to make if, uh, if, if things pop off. So... That's that. Tensions remain high. I guess they always will be for one reason or another. And on to the next story. So just keep that in mind. Here we go. This one is real sick on multiple levels. Now, you guys remember, this is the uh, the controversial energy official charged with stealing women's luggage at a uh, at an airport here. So you know that the you know the 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 gender fluid trans person that the government hired uh, the only thing crazier than a bald man with a mustache walking around in heels and a skirt uh, is the government hiring them for demoralization purposes and that's exactly what happened here um, well anyway th this what was what, what's uh, his name uh, Sam Brinton 
one of the first openly gender-fluid individuals in federal government leadership, that's a feather in our cap, was charged with felony theft last month after allegedly stealing a woman's luggage at MSP Airport. But it gets weirder and weirder because uh, he didn't even check baggage for a flight, apparently, and yet went to the carousel, took somebody's very expensive bag, and then checked on, uh, on with his next few flights, I think. Uh, so here's a little bit of his background. The MIT went, oh, he's an MIT grad. How could I have ever guessed that? MIT, once again. The MIT grad went viral earlier this year when he announced his new role as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the U.S. Department of Energy. This person is who we put in to oversee spent nuclear fuel programs. A kleptomaniac bald man in a dress. My gosh. My gosh. Prior to working in government, Brinton was an anti-conversion therapy activist who, caught, who taught Kink 101 workshops on college campuses. See? That's why people are spending $60,000 plus to try to save their daughters' minds. Because they come back from college... They went to college thinking they're going to get secular and worldly and educated. They come back learning how to, uh, I'm not even going to say it. According to the National Pulse, a photo from one of these workshops shows Brinton in a dress as he stands over three males in leather dog masks. That's just, you know, that's, there you go. Well, actually, this is a perfect nutshell of the United States government, let's be honest. But uh, here we have the whole, what happened? Here are the charges. Law enforcement at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport were alerted to a missing suitcase in the baggage claim area on September 16th. The adult female victim said she flew into MSP on a Delta flight from New Orleans and went to retrieve her checked bag at Carousel uh, 7. Airport records confirm the Navy Blue Vera Bradley roller bag arrived at 4.40 p.m. but was missing from the carousel, so law enforcement reviewed video surveillance footage from the baggage claim area and observed Brinton removing a Navy Blue roller bag from the carousel 7, according to criminal complaint. The complaint says that Brinton removed the luggage tag from the bag, placed it into a handbag he was carrying, and then left the area at a quick pace. Oh, it was probably a very dainty pace, too. Uh, Brinton arrived at MSP Airport around 4.27 p.m. on an American Airlines flight from, Cal- from Washington, D.C., but did not check a bag, meaning he had no reason to visit baggage claim. Probably just went there to steal something. And why not? Because you're talking about a person who obviously has absolutely no impulse control, no impulse control, and because of the people he's with, probably thinks he can do exactly what he wants. And this is the kind of empowerment they want This is the kind of empowerment they want to instill in people. Demoralization, again, over and over again. Police showed the surveillance video to the victim, and she confirmed it was her bag. Brinton left the airport on an Uber for a stay at the Intercontinental St. Paul Riverfront Hotel, where he checked in with the blue bag, the complaint says. He returned to MSP on September 18th with the bag in hand for departing flight back to Washington, D.C. Just really loved that bag, had to have it. Listen to this quote. Police questioned uh, uh, Brinton about the missing bag on October 9th, phone call, and asked him directly if he took anything that did not belong to him. Not that I know of. 
Brinton allegedly responded. He later admitted to taking the bag, but said the clothes inside were his. If I had taken the wrong bag, I am happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. Uh, That was my clothes when I opened the bag. Wow. Absolutely fucking insane. If I had taken the wrong bag, I'm happy to return it, but I don't have any clothes for another individual. That was my clothes when I opened the bag. Wow. Wow. This is... Hell's a place where there is no reason. And... Man, we are... We are there. We are... Knee-deep. Knee-deep. Holy shit. All right. um, So... That's going on. I'm sure that's going to get a lot of attention. Um, I saw it. It'll go away pretty quickly. But... It's just an incredible inside view as to what is really valued, especially in government right now. They want psychopaths around them. It's the only way that they can keep this up now. Um, All right, well, uh, here's another little thing I want to bring up. Here we go on over to the smoking gun. Always has good things and usually crazy stories just out of Florida. So I saw this and I said, oh, everybody's going to love this story. Here's the headline. Dill don't. Man busted for striking girlfriend with sex toy during a motel argument. (laughs) Still don't. Uh, During an argument early Thanksgiving morning, a Florida man threw a sex toy at his girlfriend, leaving the woman with a bruise on her torso, according to the cops who noted that they did not confiscate the weapon used in the alleged domestic battery. Investigators say that Christopher Pasito... 45 years old, and the 33-year-old victim were inside of a room at the Sun Island Motel in St. Petersburg around 4.40 a.m. when a verbal argument turned violent. According to an arrest affidavit, Pasito was packing his suitcase to leave the room when he began throwing the victim's items out of the luggage. Uh, during the process, the woman told police Pasito, seen on the right, hit her with a sex toy on her torso, leaving a bruise. When questioned by cops, Pasito reportedly admitted to throwing items, but does not recall exactly what items. It could have been anything, you know, could have been shampoo, could have been a a heavy dildo. The sex toy in question is not further described in the court affidavit. Yeah, it could have been his. You just never know. You know, just ladies and you know what this what I really take away from this story? Remember, no matter how bad you think the Thanksgiving you had really was, you could have always, you could have always been in a drunk dildo fight at four o'clock in the morning at the Sun Island Motel in Florida. That could have always been you. Remember, (laughs) you dodged the dildo. You dodged the dildo. All right. Well, that's, that's all I got here. It's 7.06 and I need every bit of time after the intro to play the clip from last night with Kanye walking out and setting the stage for our esteemed guest of the evening. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you guys and gals for everything. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. 
Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for being here. The pre-show is over. And now it's time to rock out. Okay, we have Anomaly coming on with us in about 25 minutes. And I want to jump into something just right off the bat. Remember, you can send in any of your thoughts to the Super Chats. There are several that have been set up. There's, quite frankly, superchat.com. There is no YouTube Super Chats. There are Rumble Rants. There are Rumble Rants. There are Gold Pills on Foxhole, which is embedded nicely on quitefrankly.tv. There are tips from Rockfin, so you can go and do that. I encourage you all to be a part of the broadcast, because I hope I can take calls later on. I don't have anything else in the second half except time for Super Chats and some calls, because I'd like to get people's opinions. Opinions. And opinions on what? Well, let's start off with the big one. Let's start off with the big one, ladies and gentlemen. So when we were on air last night, which was a episode, it was such a good episode with John Paul Rice. We did such a good job last night. I had a wonderful time, and I'm getting fantastic uh, feedback about it from most people who listened. <clears throat> and I, um, But in the middle of it all, probably around 8, 30 or so when we were about 10 minutes away from wrapping up I started getting frantic text messages from some friends and uh, in our in our group text and they're like oh yo Kanye just walked off of Tim Pool like 20 minutes in holy shit lol this is ridiculous blah 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 I said okay well I guess I have something to watch when I go home and I watched it so what I'm going to do is it happened at the 20 minute mark and I had to watch the full 20 minutes prior to I put it on 1.25 speed which is what I'm going to do for you right now um, I put it on 1.25 speed because I just wanted to see everything and make sure I was not missing any context. And there's really no context to be lost here. So um, I'm going to play the two minutes leading up to it in one and a quarter speed, and, uh, and, and you'll see exactly what happened. 
know you got a rep for your 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 people online, but it's uh, like you got a person in real life that no. I I'm not with it, bro. I lost the I, I lost the money for the freedom of speech, and that's what makes me the only American that we know that really deserves to run the country. Because everyone else, your boy DeSantis, Trump, whoever <laughs> they 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 raising a petri dish over on the Democrat side is is going to play the game. Look, look and, like, here's what I was trying to get yeah. to. I, 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 you went right into the anti-Semite thing. I think it's something that should be talked about, but if you, if you start bringing this up, you're gonna ask my opinion on it, I'm gonna disagree with you. I didn't I, ask I, your opinion on it, you no, jumped but, but, into it. But, but you, I don't care about your opinion. I like your opinion on how we win an election, but I don't care about anybody's opinion. Bro, I lost, they tried to put me in jail. They blocked two, two. This is a great point right here, and I, I'm gonna get around to it. Great point what he's making right here. And this is, and this is all, un, this is just completely, I don't know, self-inflicted wounds. Uh, for Tim. Billion dollars I had, like what I told Farrakhan, I said, look, oh, is it anti-Semitic for me to say his name out loud? Like, I, I the told minister. Fa yeah, the minister. <laughs> like, I told Obama which, met, met with him, too. Oh, he was, yeah, I mean, the uh, Jewish people allowed uh, Obama to meet with the minister. You know, so uh, Farrakhan said, well, did he have the money? The contract for the next four years, if I hadn't done anything, would have been $500 million a year for four years. What I was fighting for was the IP so my children could uh, you know, um, I'm sorry, I just sometimes I think about seven thoughts at one time because anything I see, I come up with like seven answers to it. And then just <laughs> okay, we're coming up on it now. Next 15, 20 seconds here. Choose what it is. But, but I, what, the thing is when I said my children, the reason why my, my brain kind of blocked because it's like God is saying, you know, your, your children are going to be okay. The, you know, baby mama's got money, right? God is using me. He's breaking me down removing all of the you know richest person all of this so i can serve him and the more and more those things are taken away from me the more i can be empty and be a vessel and be able to be used and right now it's like you're not going to take if, if we can't you're not going to take my pain away right the jewish people say it's the holocaust this happened and you can't say anything about it we can't take their pain away no one's going to denounce the fact that they try to lock me up that's what because every time i'm just holding stride and it's like I didn't. I thought I was more Malcolm X, but I find out I'm more MLK because as I'm getting hosed down every day by the press and financially, I'm just standing there. And when when I found out that they tried to put me in jail, it was like a dog was biting my arm, and I I, I, I almost shed a tear, almost. But I still walked and stride through it. Yeah. I, I think I think they've been extremely unfair to you. I think. Who is they though? Well, no, they, here it is. Who's they? <laughs> this it it's it. This is the last ten seconds of the of the show because afterwards it was. I mean. I don't know. They just brought like random people from around the the, the com compound to fill the chairs, and it was uh, a little passive aggressive and weird. But still, who's they though? We can't say they is. Can we? I'm not using the. I don't use the word as the, as the way I guess you, you guys use. I'm, I'm talking. It is about them it. though, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think <laughs> about it, consider it. In 2018. What do you mean it's not? It, what, what do I mean? Like, uh, uh, okay. So how about? Are you yes. leaving? Are you afraid of the press? He's That's like, it. That's it. He's left. He's gone away. I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll play it one more time in normal speed for you now that we're, actu we're actually there. The press, and financially, I'm just standing there. And when, when I found out that they tried to put me in jail, it was like a dog was biting my arm, and I, 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 I almost shed a tear, almost. But I still walked in stride through it. Yeah. I, I, think, I think they've been extremely unfair to you. I think. Who was they, though? We can't Cor say who they is, can press. we? I'm not using the. I don't, I don't use the word as the, as the way I guess you, you guys use. I'm, I'm talking. It is about them, it. though, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think it's about not. it, consider it. No, no, it's not. He said. Okay, so this is where Kanye is like. All right, well, I, I guess I'm leaving. 
In 2018. What do you mean it's not? It, what, what do I mean? Like, uh, uh, okay, so how about... Are you leaving? Are you afraid of the press? Now, right there, if you're, if you're Tim Pool, your heart is in your shoes right now. Your heart's in your shoes right now as a, as a, uh, a show host. So where do I start on this? Listen, maybe, maybe he really doesn't know uh, or doesn't care to, to, or hasn't looked into it, is afraid to look into things, doesn't, it's, maybe it's a topic he just doesn't even want an opinion on. Uh, it's okay to, to be all those things. It, but if you're going to bring somebody on who's, only, who's relevant at this moment for one reason, then you, you, you can't, I don't, he made himself a career, Tim did, as a field journalist. And, and a pretty good one because he went to places no one wanted to go because he let the camera do the talking and it was perfectly acceptable for him to sit on the fence and have his opinion take a back seat to presenting people unedited live stream visuals from the streets. And I also understand that as time goes on, it gets harder the more older, you know, the older you get to do that kind of work. It gets harder the more recognizable you become and it's also becoming a more and more dangerous world. Some people just want to be able to stay closer to home, to simplify things, and to just, you know, to keep things familiar. But now he's made himself into a talk show host. And whereas millions of people like to watch him, I don't believe that the role of talk show host is his strong suit. It's just not. I, it's just not. Um, far too much micromanagement and then, then, you know, flubs like this. Now, if I had Kanye West, Milo... Nick Fuentes in the studio, hot off of a Thanksgiving dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I mean, even I would have 40,000 people watching that night. So I, I understand it's, it's too hot of an opportunity to pass up, especially if you have the ability to make it happen. And after a weekend like Tim just had delivered to him by Adam Krigler, it was also probably a necessary palate cleanser just to put it all behind, do something just big. Um, and, and this was a big opportunity. But if you're unwilling to find a way to navigate through those waters of controversy, especially when it's the only reason why these guests you've booked are trending, okay, when you book the guests, I mean, he and Luke go on to say that they were really interested to learn about the Mar-a-Lago dinner and learn about the, uh, you know, what, what Kanye's presidential campaign is, is going to be based on. No one gives a fuck about that. Come on. No one gives a shit about Kanye West's presidential campaign he, he, he it's the second time he's declared his presidential candidacy but kanye has been on a rip roaring two-month bender talking about mk ultra apocalypse this has been an mk ultra apocalypse a, a great reveal for two months every time he sits down with somebody though for an interview the host is trying to he ends up trying to reason with him as to why he's wrong about the strength of jewish influence in the media it's mind-numbing. There's so many other things you can talk to him about. And not for nothing, but Kanye, for whatever it's worth, is being attacked mercilessly for talking candidly, like he said before. He said, I, I, don't, I don't care about your opinion. I would love to hear your opinion about how we save the country, how maybe you can help me. You know, obviously, if you have some ideas that are really worth uh, incorporating into my presidential campaign or whatever, that, he, he just said it right there. There's, there's certain things I'm interested about your opinion on, but not this. And why is that? Because he's talking about a candid series of personal experiences that he's had over 20 years now. 
who knows his personal experience better than he does. So even if Tim or anybody in a position that Tim was in has serious differences in worldview, this is a personal perspective based on experience. You're going to let them talk. You know, this isn't like Tim booked some rando from the internet who just started watching bit shoot videos about the protocols of the elders of Zion last week and wanted to bring them on and, 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 what, and it's just a random person from, from bit shoot or something. You know, there are dozens of ways to have done this where you can let him talk and respectfully maintain your personal subjective distance from the whole thing. That, that's... It, it's possible. I mean, it's very possible. There's so many ways you can do it. So, I mean, man, I mean, you know, you know how many times people have made statements on this show that I just don't know enough about the subject matter that they bring up to even comment on. I mean, it's okay to be honest that you don't know and just let the a conversation happen and just leave something to be nothing but the commenter's property at the moment. If it's absurd and you have something, if you think that the way that they're presenting it is manipulative or over the top and edge, edgy and, and they're just trying to be edgelords, that's one thing. I, but, but other than that, it's okay to not know some stuff. But this brings up the other point that I was, I, I was uh, contemplating before. If you're a broadcaster, like Tim is, doesn't the ever-looming dilemma of self-censorship on certain subjects ever tell you a little something about the political powers we're supposed to believe don't exist? Doesn't that do anything? Doesn't the anvil hanging over your head and hanging over your career raise any bigger questions? You don't have to have the details, but is there, is there a question mark that pops up ever? So, I mean, I, I know that some people just don't want to touch it because it's just, or, or for some people, that kind of threat of punitive action is a confirmation of undue influence. And for others, it's something that is necessary to prevent provocation of violence or something. Like, you know, no, 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 no. We, well, we don't want any violence being committed. Don't, don't say stuff like that. But that doesn't, that doesn't pan out. The latter doesn't pan out. I mean, because Kanye or anybody else I've ever heard trying to articulate uh, things like his personal experiences here aren't ever talking about the extermination of a people. You know, he didn't liken Jews at large to subhumans or to insects or something like that. You'd think that we were, you'd think that were, that were the case, though given the punitive actions and the punitive threats that people like um, Kanye have received from not only the corporate world, but from his so-called Hollywood personal trainer who just so happens to have a background in psychological operations and possesses the power to institutionalize and, and sedate his clients. First, that's the first personal trainer I've ever met who can do that shit. And there was a couple of clients I would have liked to have sedated. <laughs> okay. Over, over the years, just like, all right, you know what? I can't help you. We're done for the rest of the day. In fact, here, take this and go to sleep. So there's just so much here. So much here. With that being said, I really wish Kanye did not walk out of the room. 
I really wish you didn't walk out of the room. I mean, you're a declared 2024 can- presidential candidate. Um, you couldn't last more than 20 minutes with Tim Pool. Who? I mean, especially when you have two of your well-known friends in the room to back you up during what is going to be a long-form conversation. That's pretty weak. I, I can't put that on Tim. So I, I wish you didn't walk out of the room. I mean, that that would have been really interesting to see how those three uh, conducted themselves over the course of the, the last hour and 40 minutes with uh, Tim and Luke. Because, I mean, I, I between Milo and uh, Milo's uh, brain and Kanye's experience, um, I, I would have liked to see them all fence each other. I don't really... Personally, I mean, I don't, I'm just, this was cheap entertainment for me at the end of a day of work. So, whatever. But that's just it. Um, there's a lot on that that I I was thinking. And, and, man, oh, man, I just, I just could not believe it. Couldn't believe it, how quickly it all, all just came and went. But, um, anyway... Anyway, that's what we have. So tonight, what we're going to be doing when we bring on Anomaly is I want to ask him what he thinks about this. This awful, awful broadcast. Not this broadcast. That one. And then, uh, and then move on. Move on to a whole bunch of other stuff. For example, this. This is a big one right here. Chief twit Elon Musk says tyranny is all that lies ahead if free speech is lost in America as he prepares to release sensitive Twitter files on suppression. This is a battle for the future of civilization. Now, this goes hand-in-hand, hand-in-hand in, uh, in, a, in a great big way with what we were just talking about a few seconds ago regarding um, the, all those things that are verboten on, uh, on, on one platform or another. Hell, I mean, I barely keep any of these broadcasts uh, archived on YouTube anymore, everywhere else but. So it's just one of those things. Elon Musk said Twitter would be releasing files on its own free speech suppression. In a tweet on Monday, the billionaire is expected to disclose the full details of Twitter's 2020 censorship of the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. That should be not very hard at all. This Missouri v. Biden uh, case that we've been covering or that I've been getting the updates on in the morning show with Tracy is just uh, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. When it comes to the direct line that government has kept alive and just I mean, speed dial between them and social media, the, the fact that CISA and other government agencies seize all of our input into the Internet all of our pre- our collective presence and all the data that we put out there as um, as cognitive infrastructure. Okay, so we are feeding the Borg every keystroke. We are feeding the Borg, and so none of this is going to be surprising. I would just like to know exactly what can be done afterwards. What can the legal response for this be? Especially the more that Elon Musk makes uh, makes public about how the company was obviously not what it seemed. It was not worth $44 billion, and it's not buyer's remorse. What kind of recourse does a guy like Elon Musk have when he realizes that the car he was sold uh, is not only a lemon, but it's it's just, it was a, uh, it was a Toyota with a Mercedes shell. 
Toyota engine with a Mercedes shell. It, it was just all a fraud. What the hell do you do? Aside from the fact that there are larger crimes against all of us. The Constitution was violated. Elections were meddled with. All the things that they said were going on in the opposite direction. These are, I wonder what the recourse is, if any at all. Um, but that's just something we're going to have to see as time goes on. Just incredible. The billionaires expected to disclose the full details of Twitter 2020 censorship of the Biden laptop. Prior to his $44 billion takeover of Twitter, Musk called the platform's decision obviously incredibly inappropriate. The announcement comes days after Musk said releasing information about the Twitter response to the laptop was necessary to restore public trust. Maybe public trust in a slight level of public trust increased in the platform for the time being. But public trust and everything else, like the government, that'll that'll actually for anybody who has a pulse, they are going to uh, that's going to be something else that they're going to have to to grapple with, and hopefully they do, because there should be no trust in government left over, none whatsoever. And you know the other thing, every day that Twitter stays afloat and it doesn't crash on everybody after they fired over seventy five hundred useless eaters over there. Useless kale shake drinkers over there with the wine on tap. The only thing that you could possibly imagine at this point, what those people were doing is just, that is just how large of an infrastructure of human resources you need to be a company that did not just have it upon their shoulders to maintain a platform uh, on which people can can discuss the news of the day or write dick jokes like it used to be back in 2010, 2011. Uh, I mean, there's just that, that's not what it was. You had, you had a, 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 such an amazing amount of people, such a large group of people out there doing a very specific task. And that was to band together and to try to just project falsehoods across the front page of the internet wherever they can find it the fact checking the 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 shadow banning the the downgrading of people's accounts the i mean they're going to reinstate over sixty-two thousand accounts over the next couple of weeks they said it's just an incredible load of work for people to go out there and do that kind of thing in a very pointed way because of course it's not something that is just okay sometimes a uh, a website is going to choke itself out with its own bad ideas and it just is bad across the board but you need this many people to go out there and finally tune finally filter out and make sure that all of this uh quality control all these quality control provisions you're putting you're putting forward and all of your initiatives they are only selectively enforced on people that need to be suppressed and need to be um, uh, castigated to the, I don't know, I wouldn't say the dustbins because they are the real majority. But they need to be put in some kind of a dungeon where all their inspiration to talk publicly goes away and they actually start believing they are the minority when they're not. They're not. This entire illusion is, is just shadows and dust. And that's what we're learning, just from one platform. Because while they're doing that, 
and everybody realizes that they're not going to be, be getting any any kind of uh, any kind of help from anyone any anywhere. Uh, that no matter how much they co cry and complain, no matter how much they say that it's a security threat, that the whole site's going to go down. Obviously, it's not. Moby is the latest zonked-out idiot to leave Twitter in a very publicly cringe way today, saying that he can't be a part of a of a uh, of a of a platform that is just filled with bigotry and hate and disinformation. This is a zonked-out EDM zombie who claimed in 2016, 2017, that his buddies in the CIA had contacted him to tell him that Russia and Trump were working together in very intimate ways and he's got to get it out to people, all right? He wants to talk about, he wants to leave now because there's disinformation everywhere. When he's bragging about his CIA buddies, asking him to proliferate the biggest fucking joke to ever be obsessed on or about in the last however many years joke so that's where we are now and um, oh wait a second you know what I wonder hold on a second did I do something stupid here I think I did something stupid what was that stupid thing you say what was it well here it is I don't know I'm gonna make sure that I gave anomaly my uh, oh shit oh here we go sorry there you go. Sorry. The, the, the lobby was not opened. Now it is. Anyway, sorry, Anomaly. I'm sure he'll be on in, in, a, in, a, in a moment here. Here I am trying to tread water until he gets on, and I had not, not given him, not given him the, uh, the key to the front door. So that's the other thing. While they're treading water on this kind of stuff, and they're trying to... Um, they are trying to, to, to cry their way into some kind of a solution that they thought that they would get, just like they try to cry their way into getting uh, electors to become faithless in 2016, not to confirm the vote for Donald Trump. Um, that's when Apple started popping up. Apple said, supposedly, that they're going to be taking Twitter off of the Apple Store altogether, or the App Store altogether. We start seeing Apple uh, suppressing these these protests in China with the with the drops and all that stuff. The, it, it's just going on and on, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that because now Google's getting involved with the censorship even more. And here's a guy who has opinions on that and, and everything else. Anomaly, it's been a while, man. It's so good to have you back on. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. And uh, I know you said uh, 4.30, right? So no worries. I was there on time. No, no, no. It, it, that was my fault. That was my fault. It's, uh, you, I'm three minutes uh, late, but I should have given you that link about a half hour ago thank you <laughs> thank you for yeah, being patient it, it was a really good point i i forgot until you just said it i remember that moby was like he re revealed on television right that like my cia buddies told me to push the rush russia trump collusion that was a good connection now that he's like i'm leaving twitter because this is totally just you know i mean if everyone can speak then you know it's too much for me you're like all right see you dude like Cool song 25 years ago. I, I know. I do, it was a very awkward thing. I said, wait, 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 what? M Moby? And I had to check from a couple of sources because I didn't know if it was just one of those those jokes, but it was it, it was it was for real. At least that's what he's claiming. So, I mean, you, you think about all the stuff that people have put out over the years, the rumors that have been put around, that have been pushed around, 
by people like ABC. Like when I remember when they would get all the the General Flynn timelines wrong, and every time they would put out a bad date, the uh, the, the stock market would dip. They would be crashing the stock market intermittently uh, on on bad information. But but Twitter is the biggest threat to humanity right now. Right. Every time the stocks start co- going up, like in the last two years, Biden comes out and does something or says something like the day it goes up. I'm like, dude, just can someone just stop him from talking for like three weeks? Because that's something that should unite everybody. I know the younger kids don't care about it, but almost everybody's parents have 401ks. When you start working for companies, they give you stocks like stocks up is good for the country, Indeed. regardless of what they say. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely something when you when you look at uh, consumer confidence. Um, that you know, everybody's. No matter who's the president, there's always going to be somebody that's like, "Look, our guy did something good," or "Look, your guy did something bad." And um, whereas a president, an individual person, really doesn't have that much sway over w- what happens, w- the one thing that they can do is inspire confidence in people. And um, and and you can tell when. You can tell how people are betting prior to elections where those who really analyze all the variables that could make them money or have all of their fortunes just go up in smoke, how they're moving their, their, their stuff around. And, and I think that's more, that's more important than a lot of these polls that people take, to be honest. How is Vegas leaning? That's what I usually do. Right. The betting odds are always more accurate. Yeah. Well, everyone would do that except for Big Pharma, right? Because Big Pharma would never do anything for money they only you know they care a lot right or no <laughs> oh no 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 they have they have a very you know let me ask you that let me start with that because obviously we can go into i want to talk about the kanye walk off uh, at some point but this one i was seeing earlier on today this is from alina chan and it's just more of these these um these emails from Anthony Fauci, from Francis Collins, NIH, all over the place, as if we didn't already know. But now it's an embarrassment of riches that not only did they know uh, of the kind of the kind of experiments that were going on, that they were funding it, they understood what was being done with gain of research, they understood everything. But um, now we know that there was all only political motivations that were behind the lockdowns, the prescriptions there, the election policies that resulted from this damn thing, and practically no safety tests that were done for the shots, um, which many people are on to booster number five now. Do you think that this, uh, with this, obviously, with, with Twitter being open now and all the COVID protocols being lifted as far as what you can post on the, on the site, do you think that this will be enough to finally send some betrayed normies into a, a, a justified rage or have we already gotten everything we're going to get as far as social upheaval goes? I know somebody in my personal circle that likes all vaccines, the flu vaccine and got this one, but feels duped by it. So that, you know, that tell me a lot because they don't, you know, I think there's more people than we'd realize that know that something's up to some extent, even people who got it where you know, just at least they were lied to because, you know, even if everybody's fine and, you know, I don't like to be a fear monger or anything. I, I've got shots in the past that now in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have, but I'm fine. Or I hope I'm fine. But in general, you know, I don't, some people try to make everybody feel bad. And it's like, it's more about the fact that they're just cashing out also. And the fact that they made all these promises, you get it, you can get your freedom back. You get it. It's going to be this effective. And it just wasn't. I think a majority of people know that. Uh, the question is what's going to be done about it because Pfizer's been bought before they pay a fine no one goes to jail the financial crash no one goes to jail 
Epstein, you know, mysterious uh, camera, but no no follow up really after the Ghislaine Maxwell. Like no one, no clients have ever gotten. So that's the big question. I don't like to be like a doomer because I think things seem to be trending in the right direction. But for some reason in this country, it just feels like no matter how many people are aware that there's never a big enough fine or charge to make the bad guys scared. And the scary, I don't want to say scary because I try not to buy into the fear, but the creepy part about Fauci leaving didn't he give more money to EcoHealth on his way out? Like, mm. just I'll give him even more money. Just, you know, they were the one doing the, or not doing the gain of function research, according to them. But here's more money. See, guys, like he, this dude feels like he's Brad Pitt. He just, he, he feels no pressure at all. Oh, when people start to referring to themselves in the third person, you know that they, they've, I mean, they, they believe the hype. They really... Anthony Fauci is the science. Oh, he's like, man. you know, chest out. He's loving it. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, when, when the third person references come out, it's they believe the hype, no doubt about it. And I, I do, I understand what you're saying there, too. I, I do believe that we're trending in the right direction, though. It's not, it's not, um, I don't think it's a doomer take to, to say that we are, I, that we're, we're still going to have to go through a lot of pain. And, um, and I, that, one way or another for the kind of corrections the course corrections that we were we would need at this point with humanity it was going to take a lot of pain a lot of misery um but it's better to go through knowing why things are happening and to have had time to to get to know yourself and the people around you and reconnect with that love of humanity and life because it gives you um and of course god um that it gives you it gives you that that strength then it gives you that 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 shield that you can rely on as we go through the fire because it's uh i there's only so much that you can do to will will things away it we live in a physical world a metaphys you know it's metaphysical but there's there's a a physical existence that um that, that has to be uh, that has to be lived through and that's just it so it's not doomer i think you're being responsible in that respect I would love to be I would love to see someone get held accountable because when you know they lock down for trillions of dollars the financial crash the Eps, like some in order for people to be you know to stop doing it they're going to need to kind of get caught um but I I do think you know to be positive it's way harder to get away with like the creepy like even the Balenciaga stuff like they're so delusional that they put that out to the public the backlash is real I see even normie meme pages sharing it like I do feel like bad people, especially in like the industry, are feeling the pressure of social media and the fact that they don't have a monopoly. I mean, people could listen to us and stuff. So I, I do feel like they're definitely reeling on that. They've, lo they've lost total, you know, media control. I'm glad you brought that up with the Balenciaga thing. I spent a lot of time last night with um, with John Paul Rice talking about not only Balenciaga but uh, just subversive messaging in general. And whereas this is the you know the scandal du jour when it comes to when it comes to a, a yet another uh, creepy uh, occult type of uh, organization that thought that they can do something so laughably obvious and get away with it but as you as you mentioned we're trending in the right direction so this stuff is noticed now um right the fact that they're doing this stuff i the one thing that i i think is going to be the even more i would say uh, encouraging sign is that when people start knowing and realizing that all of this is connected and that they aren't ex mutually exclusive 
groups of people who don't co coordinate with other things and aren't in on it's sharing the same money and all the same uh, parties and associations because that's where we start seeing a little bit less of the denialism of, of how the world and and powerful interests uh, collude in in reality and I think right. that's that's where we get to a little bit more of the themes that were talked about or were avoided on uh, on Tim Pool's show last night so yeah with with the i'll wrap up the balenciaga thing real quick like on on a more harmless scale all these liberals like they hate conservatives they hate people who criticize lgbt even a little bit even if it's like actual good criticism with child stuff and they they blacklist all that out of their their world so when you get all of them at a company like you know they think that that's a good idea to publish i'm not surprised because no one's there to tell them no because anybody that would tell them no has been blacklisted already, you know? So like, that's the harmless side of it. The non-harmless side of it is, in my opinion, like if you're, if you wanna choose to do something as an adult, um, you know, that's on you. People can agree or disagree with it. But if you can't understand like a four-year-old shouldn't be going through that because they're not old enough, like this is like common sense stuff that like a lot of people understand. Uh, if you don't get that, what else don't you get? You know what I'm saying? This isn't a simple, oh, I want this tax policy or I, I believe this. It's pretty basic and, and they don't get any of this stuff. So I'm not surprised they're doing wicked stuff because, you know, when one plus one is three and kids are, can make adult decisions at three, like you're not thinking properly and you're going to make very bad mistakes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where I was. Uh, it's what you said right there reminds me of how I was uh, approaching the the Ben Collins uh, reporting of the, the the Club Q shooting in Colorado, which has now completely gone away, uh, at least from the, the media. And that's the, the sad thing about this stuff. Whenever there is an act of violence somewhere, obviously all of the reporting and all the outrage is selectively is selectively covered because they want to be able to extrapolate this out and you know proliferate it out to the rest of the world and bring people to their knees for one reason or another. But you know now that that now that there is less reason to cover that with such fervor, all that is left is a silence where there was once outrage. And in Colorado, there are people who have just lost friends and family who get back to actual real human grief. You know, it, this is the kind of usury that goes along with the way that we play these games as well. And when it comes to Ben Collins and the way that he was, um, he was just trying to talk about and, and justify drag shows and, and sex shows, which are obviously all fringe adult sexual, uh, 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 you know, uh, themes. And you go and you do, you know, whatever. Like you said, as an adult, you go out to tons of places. There's strip, strip clubs, wherever you go. But to be able to normalize that for children is something that just does not jive for a lot of people in their gut. And especially for a lot of gay people, too. And they have tried to shut them out of the equation. They, I mean, Twitter, I remember before Elon Musk took over Twitter, one of the last big things that the old regime did was, was ban people, uh, groups like Gays Against Groomers, where they did not, right. you know, she like they wanted that out of the equation because there's not, something obviously weird going on here, and they want it to be more widespread. Right. Yeah. Jamie's a friend of mine who runs that. I remember when she first thought of it, she was like, I want you to come on the stream. And it blew up so quickly because it's a very viral name, you know? And yeah, yeah the fa I think they had like payment processors banned. So, um, you know, they're using that as a shield. There's certain things in this world that are good shields to 
prevent criticism. And I think that's one of the most powerful ones now is the LGBT shield. You know, it's the same with like, you know, if you're pushing politics through like a white man, it's like it, you could disagree with that. But you push it through a black group. Now it's like a little bit more difficult because, you know, you don't want to seem a certain way. So I think they've mastered the art, just like you were talking about with tragedies. You know, a tragedy is a great time to hype off emotion and push a political agenda. So the second they can't do that, like you said, a tragedy disappears and they're hunting for one that fits their narrative. And if it doesn't, you might never hear about it, even if it's really bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, if you go back to 2010-11, we saw the, um, the introduction of Occupy Wall Street. And Occupy Wall Street, it started popping up in cities all over the country a little bit. You know, there was some there were some encampments there. There was some police activities, some tear gas, things like that. But it was so easily thrown away. And I, I covered it a little bit in Zuccotti Park over here in New York. And um, I had my own suspicions about it. I thought it was a lot of really wasted, otherwise good energy because nobody was talking about the Federal Reserve. Nobody was talking about anything real. They were asking for student loan forgiveness and all that shit and uh, I said okay well there's this is obviously this is obviously a fucking commie front over here so um, that goes away because it's easy to attack you got a bunch of white kids hanging around unwashed and tense asking for free money it's gonna be so easy to hose these people away off the sidewalk but then a couple right. of years later we get Black Lives Matter which is Occupy Wall Street with a, a black front, very much harder to to uh, to criticize. So it, it, this is just the kind of identitarian games that they play to uh, to see what people will accept and what people will fight. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a crazy time going on. Yeah. I don't know what you wanted to talk about next, but I, I won't hold you up. Oh no, I'm, I could talk too much, man. No. <laughs> so talk, talk to it. Doesn't matter to me. No, man. it's cool. I, I'm down to hear some other topics or whatever. Well, let's just jump on over to the Kanye thing. Um, I thought it was a pretty shitty, shitty broadcast from a production standpoint, and I actually wish that Kanye had stuck around because he had, uh, you know, you know, he had he he had some friends with him that are were well known, and it was only 20 minutes in. But other than that, I, I, I can understand at this point a little bit of the frustration. What do you, what do you think about, uh, what are your, some general, general thoughts? I saw that you saw you went live before, but I wasn't able to watch because I was prepping for this. Yeah, I think on both sides, things could have been done. And even if he didn't like how Tim was, I think to, to, to give him accountability, he could have maybe studied Tim and how he operates because, you know, they, they constantly, they have a certain type of platform, but... A few things stuck out to me. First, first thing that was funny was Tim was like, "Oh, I didn't know we were going to get right into like the anti-Semite claims." And but the headline he started with was a headline that said Kanye is an anti-Semite. <laughs> so I just thought it was hilarious that Tim acted like he brought it up out of nowhere when that he it was literally the first thing. And Kanye goes, "Let me explain that word." And and like Tim was like, "Geez, like who thought it was going to go there, bro? You started it there." But uh, I think Kanye got annoyed at. Tim doing the Lex Friedman thing where you, you have to talk about individuals and not groups. And I think this is a concept a lot of people haven't thought about and I, I've been explaining pretty well, where I understand, you know, when you listen to somebody on the left, blame everybody on the right, it, it's not fun. Like nobody wants to get blamed for everything. So I get that perspective of it, but this logic that Tim and Lex are trying to use where we shouldn't talk about groups, we should talk about individuals. And Lex even said, you know, group talking about group spreads hate, 
But then 10 minutes into the interview, he's talking about a group. You know, where it's like it, everyone talks about groups. Democrats is a group, liberals is a group, Christian, Jews, Muslims, white. You know, Tim always says white people run BLM. Well, white people is a group. BLM is a group. So, you know, I think that I think he could have it, like it would have been better for my entertainment. And it sucks because I wanted to see a debate. He could have just sat there and let Nick and Milo debate. But he decided to leave because he was he didn't want to do the same thing over and over again. But uh, I think that's the part that a lot of people are missing, like Lex Friedman, who unfortunately blocked me on Twitter and Tim, who I'm sure hates me now. But, you know, I, I don't understand this idea of we should only talk about individuals because you know, Demo you talk about Democrats, not because all Democrats are in on it, but, you know, it just kind of fits the bill. And it's a better description. Like people in the comments said we could be brothers. You know, I take that as a compliment. You know, we're out here fresh. I are you Italian? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm part Italian, too. So, you know, it's like <laughs> but I don't take a like, what do you mean by that? Or like, we're not a like I feel like I understand where people are coming from, but it's 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 almost right wing's version of like safe space. You know, don't say that because it's like it, it, it's scary. I I don't like I don't. Uh, I think one of the first things that I started noticing years ago was how anti-Semitism is something that obviously is very ill-defined. Um, it has been warped in its actual meaning there too. There are far more Semitic people than ju just Israeli Jews. But when you talk about when you talk about uh, how it, we use groups as a as a cudgel to either cast aspersions on some people or to to try to fight off somebody else everybody uses anti-semitism as as a weapon and now i'm just that that became dizzying to me because i am not i don't i don't hold any animus toward anybody because of how they were born if you're an asshole right. you're an asshole and if i if i know to, if uh, if if uh, you don't don't blame me because i pick up on patterns and right. uh, i recognize patterns but you know i i think Actually, you and I linked up again primarily because you found my latest talk that I had with Roseanne Barr, um, obviously a Jewish comedian who is very open about a Jewish civil war that is going on, which is pretty fierce, right. you know, between people who care about the faith and then uh, others who just care about political compliance. So it's the same kind of infiltration as you were saying um, in the Christian world. We talk about it a lot, the infiltration of places like the Vatican and everywhere else and then of course to a lesser degree with Islam with Wahhabism but uh, like most things of merit these days we are so hopelessly trapped in debates about what vocabulary to use that we never get around to actually talking about our problems anymore yeah and I, I loved your interview with Roseanne because it's interesting you know I, I like Roseanne as a person I've hung out with her multiple times great a legend a great person great American great human being um, and I was wondering what she was going to say, because I know she's, you know, super Jewish, super like, you know, she doesn't she's not a softie. So if she would have punched back in a funny way, I would have been like, all right, all right. But she did it in such a perfect way where she said, you know, Kanye's right and he's a genius. And like, but I, like she was like, he's trying to be me. You know, I did it first. And like I was like, oh, what a what a fire angle, because, you know, everybody's saying this and that. And she's basically saying I disagree with some stuff, but I understand what he's saying she's not shutting the conversation down. And I think the reason is because I put it together just before the show, Trump, Kanye, and Roseanne are going through the same thing. You have a Jewish woman, a Christian white guy, uh, you know, black guy. You have all, this is real diversity, right? Diversity of like just being wild and, and, and epic. 
and they all got well you shouldn't have said that about mexicans well you shouldn't have said that about black muslims or whatever you know valerie jerry well you shouldn't have said that about jews and it's like people are trying to basically say what they're saying is not politically correct so you're gonna cancel a whole show because she made a tweet well, what if I told you that everything great she did, you also couldn't do? So if she does something else, you can't just cancel her for it. So I think, you know, that's one angle of it is people are too politically correct. But with the anti-Semitism stuff, there's there's an interesting angle that I just want to get to real quick. No, take no your time, dude. Take your time. Take take your time. Try, yeah. don't, don't rush. I, I, I got a motor. I got a motor mouth. I'm like Ben Shapiro, except less annoying. You know, it's like, listen, listen, come on. I talk, I talk that fast, but a little more audible. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, jokes aside, there's speech laws being passed under the guise of anti-Semitism. So, like you said, you know, anti-Semitism in my head a year ago would be like someone who literally hates all Jews and like wants to do evil things. Like, okay, that guy's like bad. That's a bad person. That a twisted person but also then people are like it means all semitic people well they're passing laws under the guise it's the international holocaust remembrance alliance the ihra in 2016 they wrote a bunch of hate speech anti-semitism laws and gave it a new definition and it's posted on the state department website and there's like 20 of these rules it doesn't just say if you the first rule is like if you want to harm jews and you're like yeah that's terrible they start with like the one everyone agrees with, right? Because you're like, yeah, that's any sort of violence or evil, of course. But then the next one's like, you can't talk about banking and media. You can't talk, say they killed Jesus. You can't say that people have loyalty to Israel. You can't criticize Israel more than other countries. You can't call Israel Nazis, which is funny because I have a Jewish uh, guy I follow named Mark Lobener who kept calling them that, like when the lockdowns were happening, you know, as like he's not anti-Semitic. He just used that terminology. Like everyone calls everything Nazis, but that's technically against the rules of anti-semitism and these are actually being passed into law by trump and desantis and the republican party trump did an executive order on college campuses desantis did a, a a bill that he signed into schools and it carries these rules and they're basically like hate speech rules so when kanye says that there's people in banking that are of that it's actually not like illegal in this country yet but it's these are the laws they're trying to push so like you can't say that you can't think that and it, it definitely doesn't quash hate in my opinion i think uh it doesn't quash uh division it's only just kind of creating these new double standards the same way as if you were trying to talk about the border and they called it racist and oh why do you would you hate mexicans no they just happen to be south of us and you know there's like hopping the border like so it's it's that sort of thing but it goes way deeper than even what Kanye is saying and all these conservatives and Republicans, in my perspective, a lot of the bigger ones, I'm not going to throw out accusations I can't prove, but I know there's a lot of pressure, uh, you know, distance yourself the same way they're doing to Trump right now. You better distance yourself because of a dinner you had. Bro, I don't care if he has dinner with <laughs> Obama and Farrakhan. It's Donald Trump. It doesn't mean he's best friends with them. Let the guy eat with whoever he wants and have a meeting. You know what I'm saying? He can meet with Putin and Yahoo and the and the leader of Iran like that's it's Trump let the guy let the guy let him jive so now I understand what you're saying and you know I th there's the other thing there too that's baked into this because it's first of all the uh, I believe that 
Zionism and that whole topic, the whole that whole umbrella. It's uh, it, it's good for people to to learn about. It's good to to poke it to see what people are talking. About. Who knows P- people's personal opinions and you, how you read something. It'll take you in a different place. Not everybody's going to conceive of something the same way or perceive something the same way. But I also do believe that the hyperfixation on even things like Zionism is a trap, just like communism in itself is a red herring in many ways. They all comprise pieces of a a much bigger picture, but getting people to talk about nothing but the Jews is a defense mechanism for the plotters in itself. For example, I mean, whatever the hell is going on, uh, they certainly don't give two shits about Jewish people. Look at the hellhole that they created in, in Israel during COVID. Uh, I think I think I think Israelis got it worse than people in Australia did. Um, So the illusion that they represent oppressed groups, uh, these these corporate interests, banking interests, the illusion that they represent oppressed groups uh, is ridiculous because they're really the ones that are constantly putting other people in danger. Uh, That that seems to be the most recognizable pattern I see here so far is uh they, they, they do things to put people more in danger and to stoke resentment and then of course they cry out when people just even try to having a conversation hey did you notice that this is going on and then all of a sudden you're done it's uh it's a sick sick thing to see right and the fascinating part about that is a lot of these people in the conservative and republican movement that i know that will say anti-semitism anti-semitism they're always using that word they're always doing stuff when israel was suffering right under the forced vaccination of pfizer a lot of the same people were on the side of big pharma and they weren't on our side or israel's side so you know it's like you claim you don't hate them so much but really what a lot of these republicans are doing is they're just sucking up donor money and that's one of the narratives to suck up all the money and then when they get all the money you know i'm sure there's people that perceive what i'm doing as hateful i can't please everybody but I know for a fact I have a lot of Israeli and Australian supporters to this day because they remember that I was doing the reporting for them when no one else was, right? All these people that are so, it's almost like, you know, if you're like, oh, I can't be racist, I have a black friend. You know, like, <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind yeah. of vibe of like, I'm so not hateful towards them. Like, it's, it's deeper than just saying things, you know, like loving people and standing up for them. So I think that that's true. And I think, you know, it's similar to the black community where, you know, most of them vote in a way that I would consider against their interests, but that's up to them. And when Kanye comes out and says something like, even before all the Zionist stuff, he was talking about like the industry and like a lot of deep stuff and everybody tried to blacklist them then too. So, you know, I think in the Jewish world as well, like where were they to stand up for Roseanne? You know, they, they fought Kyrie Irving's Amazon link harder than they stood up for their own legend. Like Roseanne, is one of the most epic Jewish people in in like modern history and they were nowhere for her yet they want me to think that they really care because Kyrie Irving shared an Amazon link but the NBA will still partner with Amazon because that you know yeah like you could see right through it for sure well I I often bring up when the when Kanye when this latest you know reemergence of him and him going on this apocalypse tour um, uh, when this really started, I, I went right back to my failsafe, and that is the Nick Cannon story. 
Nick Cannon uh, sat down for his his podcast a couple of years ago, and he was right. literally going through all the reasons why that white people are genetically inferior creatures, that because right. of the melanin content in their skin, they were incapable of feeling compassion, shit like that. And, right. and, and, and here we are. Just, just, just like, like being the punching bag again, and everything is just like, oh shit, oh he said that, oh, and then he says that blacks were the true Hebrews, and he lost, he lost his show immediately. I said, are you serious? Are you serious? So, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, uh, I, I think about stuff like that all the time, and not only that, I'm glad you said it there too, that. This is another big reason why I thought it was such a waste last night with the with the Tim Pool uh, booking that they had with with uh, Kanye. It's out of everything he's been talking about right now. You had two hours to have him talk about MK Ultra and 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 everything that we found out about that ridiculously uh, transparent personal trainer of his that had all right. psychological operations training and shit. I mean, there was so there's so much more rich stuff to talk about, but we get. We get fine focused on this monotony, and it's oh, man, it's like so many opportunities lost. Right, and he did mention he said he thought the one chick was like a CIA agent because she couldn't dress good. He was like, I knew she was probably. He said she was Zionist or CIA because he he said, you know, I'm in fashion, and when someone can't dress in fashion, I, I, it sticks out. But the, Tim acted like it was Kanye that just went down that rabbit hole. When I've seen interviews of Kanye recently where he barely mentions it because of who's interviewing him, the first thing Tim put out, he said, we got to cover the news first. And the news was Kanye being an anti-Semite and Trump getting blacklisted for his presence. So Kanye starts talking about it. And then Tim says he he's shocked that he brought it up. And then he starts talking about the trainer. But you know what it is? And I understand. And, I, you know, this is the nicest thing I guess I could say about what they did. Um, there's immense pressure in the Republican Party. Even Tim talked about it afterwards because, you know, it's just that one topic, like with the Nick Cannon thing, it's the one thing that everybody on every side just isn't going to allow you to really say. So if you're Tim, he's got all this pressure from left wing, right wing. Oh, you're hosting an anti-Semite. You're hosting this. You're hosting that. So I think he was trying too hard to distance himself. Um, and, and that's the tricky part when you when you interview someone that's wilding a little you know you're like as an interviewer you're like well this is my channel this is my thing i don't i don't want to i don't want to dis uh, uh, disappoint my friends I, I don't want them to think that i'm just letting them ramble but it's like i get it but it's like dude like like kanye's interviews are epic like he's he's on a level and like you said he's not holding anything back there's zero political correctness so he'll literally talk about like you said some of the deepest workings of Hollywood. And then you could kind of like, you know, challenge it once it comes out. But, I, you know, that's the route they chose to take and and, that, and he chose to walk out. So it is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Um, because I, th I think that's because we are in a, it depends on where people come from and what their uh, their influences or their reasons for getting into work in media, especially in a broadcast sense where it comes from and where you get your polish from. Because I think mo most people who get into this now think that if you're a host of a talk show, you need to be prepared to push back on people or to debate uh, guests. And it's just, I mean, what are you, who are you going to interview? 
I mean, you're just going to limit yourself to the people you can interview if you need to be debate worthy of everybody who walks into your presence. Sometimes there's just interesting people that, uh, you know, that are, I mean, you don't even need to have any kind of critical acclaim. You can meet interesting people at a bus stop. You're like, you know what? I'd love to interview you and just ask you questions about your life. And this doesn't mean that everything you find about them is going to be savory or something that you you agree with. And as right. you said there, I think that there's a lot of pressure for people in new media. And it is it is a medium that is it's finding it's still finding itself. You know, it, it's not too long ago. It was only 2016 that was the first that was the first election that was really decided by blogs and Twitter and podcasts instead of. Fox News and CNN and everything else. So new media is still coming into its own and realizing its own power. And with that comes a host of a lot of uh, independent people working there that just don't know how to relax and just let human beings tell their story sometime without assuming the responsibility for those people. And, right. and, and it creates situations last night where you can tell Tim is very uncomfortable. He gets very uncomfortable very quick. And then as Kanye steps up and walks behind him. You can see his heart just sinks into his shoes. And, 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 and in that moment, I, uh, I almost feel bad for him. You know, the whole thing could have been avoided. But anyway, that's what it is. Um, I, think you, I think you nailed it with, like, uh, you know, energy and flow as well. Like, I could just tell by hanging out with you, talking to you, like, you're very chill. You seem very calm, like, comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tim, even when Kanye is not there, I think he's extra afraid because I don't want to be looked like an anti-Semite. But I think Tim is always uncomfortable. Like even, you know, I'm not going to overly compare, but I always try to tell people like at the end of the day, self-accountability and self-awareness will change your life more than anything. Like whether it's Trump or Biden, they're going to do some stuff. I mean, obviously some stuff's going to be bad, but we all got to grab life by the horns and focus on ourselves. And I feel like Tim's message is like civil war, civil war. Oh my God. He's always freaking out all the time. So it's like, Kanye has this really calm, very sensitive, chill energy. He flows. He gets seven ideas at once and wants that. And Tim's so choppy. And it's it's not just gay, but most people, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I don't think they like Tim that much. I just think they use him for his platform because he's just kind of, like, choppy and douchey. And I think he just kind of, like, cares about, you know, like, how big the channel is. But at a certain point, you just got to let it flow, buddy. You know what I'm saying? You got to, like treat people well you know like have a moment so i think he's so tapped into the work and stuff that their energy's just repelled and i'm not trying to be rude but it's like i think you know he apologized to me yesterday because adam Krigler, his old co-host had like a whole like expose thing and tim i was supposed to be on the show i flew out there it didn't work they booked a bad flight they locked me out of the podcast he never hit me up it was a disaster and his staff treated me worse than i've ever been treated like it was unnecessarily weird and he never made it right Long story short, he apologized like last night or two nights ago and I forgave him. I was like, but his apology was so fake where he said, oh, I'm doing this for the benefit of humanity. Bro, you're doing it because Adam, you know, had said something about your staff and now you're doing a whole tell all and you're, you're trying to like right your wrongs and save face. I don't mind that and I accept the apology, but don't don't act like you're doing this for the best of humanity. Like at a certain point, you know, like that kind of like shtick, you, you got to just let it flow sometimes, buddy, and not just like. He's so choppy, in my opinion. Yeah, authenticity always goes a long way. Always goes a long way. And, and I, think, um, I think one thing that is very hard for people in, um, in media, uh, in general, in the entire profession, but especially just social media, is it's very hard for some people to, um, to be healthily vulnerable. 
vulnerable in a healthy sense. You don't want to be a, a weepy, insecure mess, but you just want you you just you know you don't want to also. It, it's ridiculous to say I'm carrying the weight of the future of humanity on my shoulders, or I'm trying to move the block in that direction. No, I'm just trying trying to wake up in the morning and just do what's in in front of me, and and hopefully people enjoy my show that evening, and we have a good conversation, and uh, and I think things get a little bit uh, a little bit more tenable, a little little bit more palatable for the average viewer too, because I know that the audience is uh, based on the comments they they were uh, I mean it was just a uncomfortable experience for everybody. It, it was a fun experience for people who like watching train wrecks. You know, if you if you you go on television, you like watching people who go to light a firework and the whole box goes off by accident. You're like, oh shit! I mean, that that's why it was fun. But uh, other than that, I I always wish better for people, and I'm never jealous of people who have more than me. I I like where I'm at, and I, and I just I will I wish that things like that last night could go better for the sake of everybody else, especially when there's so many eyes trained on it and they see just shit fall apart anyway let me ask you this yeah. go ahead sorry yeah. i'll say it real quick that you asked me a question yeah i think like you know he came on with the headline kanye responded he acted shocked and then i think kanye kind of solved the issue if he would have let it go where you know if tim could live up to the values of only talking about individuals and not groups then it's fine you know that's his worldview but he was telling him like you know, you can't name groups. You, you got to talk about individuals. And then Kanye said, before the camera started, you said that I'd be good for the black vote. Like, is that because I'm black? I'm good for the black vote. Like, I'm trying to run for all people. And Tim kind of like, so he kind of already exposed Tim as a hypocrite where he said, you you know black people think and do things in the similar, you know, fashion but for my people. But then you act like I'm not allowed to name groups, even though you're naming a group to me. So I think, you know, that's really where, like, you know, Ye is sensitive. Ye is definitely like he could be like somewhat of a diva in most standards, but like he is a legend. You know, you should like have a little respect. And the fact that he won the argument in three minutes, like you are a hypocrite about that. And Tim's like, yeah, but I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. And he's like, I'll walk out if you keep doing that because I already proved you wrong. So I think it could have been avoided like, you know. Yeah. So many times. Yes. No, yeah, there, there's there's a number of ways that that cat could have been skinned for sure. And um, when, when I think about the so then here's my other question that kind of kind of dovetails off of that one. I know that you've become dissolute just by following you on Twitter and, and keeping up with you uh, the best I can. I know that you've become disillusioned with Trump, the speech laws, uh, warp speed. Those are all things that I, I've I have never compromised on either. Um but I, uh, but a few other issues there too. But how do you reconcile, of course, now the bigger career animals in D.C. and elsewhere in both major parties who are obviously working together? They work together to make the midterms a, a lot more lackluster than they had to be. We see where that right. money's going through. They're all using FTX to launder money to make sure that it's a lot more of a lackluster event for for the GOP. The Paul Ryan's, right. the Mitch McConnell's, they're using everything that they can, including this Kanye dinner at Mar-a-Lago and the right. January 6th setup to end Trump's political viability once and for all. For all the negatively, for all the negatively, uh, for for as negatively influenced as Trump was, uh, is he still clearly not a big enough threat to the the mainstays there uh, for you to, to at least give him some cautious support? Or are you totally off the, off off the bandwagon now? I'll say this: this week, I kind of I think like. Uh... 
energy wise and I'm, I'm pushing behind Trump now trying to keep him afloat even though he's annoyed me I'll get into why and like you know how critical I've been but as much as when he ran I'm like yeah I don't know um you know he has the right to run and I don't I, I'm not going to allow Trump or I'm not I'm not going to try to allow him to get canceled because of a meeting like you know out of everything that happened lockdowns warp speed oh but he met with Nick Fuentes that's the big scoop get out of here so you know now it's getting me to push behind Trump again and say you can't, can't if you want to debate Trump on stage about Operation Warp Speed and lockdowns and, and speech laws that's fine but you can't arrest him or, or take him out of the race so I 100% support him running I 100% don't want them to cancel him not McConnell not McCarthy not these other right-wing losers nobody should be able to cancel him on that note I personally this is like I'm not going to say my dream but I want Ron DeSantis and Kanye to run as a Republican, not independent. Independent's gonna take votes, there's no point. Run as a Republican, go on stage with Donald Trump. Could you imagine Rand Paul, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, who am I missing, Kanye? Yeah. That's the debate of the century. That's breaking, that's breaking everything. And Ron DeSantis and Trump talking trash to each other and Kanye talking trash about both of them. To me, that would expose so much corruption within the party that I would love that. And then may the best man win. Whoever wins that primary, everybody gets behind, in my opinion. But, you know, I support Trump and his running. I don't like people canceling him. I do think they want to destroy him because he's the least predictable. You know, everybody wants somebody like Trump, Roseanne, yay. They're all people that you can't just program. And they're, they're no Joe Bidens or Jeb Bush. They're not saying like, Trump's too unpredictable, right? Even if he makes mistakes, He's not, he, he can't be controlled and he, can, he doesn't completely bow down how they want him to. Um, with that being said though, I'm, I am disappointed that, you know, I, I think personally he's mad that DeSantis is taking his donors. Like there's a lot of donors in the Republican party and they have a lot of money and they're all pouring money into DeSantis now. And I think Trump, Trump's ticked off that they're supporting DeSantis over him. Um, I think the fact that he just got way too cozy selling the vaccines was annoying. And I personally believe the way to correct him is through, you know, standing up to him. So I'm, I'm all for everybody kind of debating. And I, I think that, you know, DeSantis, yay and Trump all have pros and cons. I don't, I don't see any of them being flawless. Like, you know, so you're saying pretty much, I, I mean, I always saw it. I always saw this ending up the same way too, when it comes to 2023, primary season going into 2024 they uh, after the midterms it was very very easy to see the the that week or two afterwards with all the paul ryan stuff that they were clearly clearly messaging to set up a knife fight of a primary to try to lop donald trump off and make that four to six year um the, the, chapter in their party's history just an aberration that they never have to go back to obviously he did a lot more for people's psyche and their uh, their ambitions around the country in, in more meaningful localized ways that could ever be wiped out trump was always just you know he was always going to have limited amount of things that he can do as an individual but uh, i th i guess what you're saying is that by bringing in desantis and kanye and Rand Paul or anybody else, it's really just going to be like steel sharpening steel, and whoever does come out of that is going to be the, the best the best pick possible because you're going to need to outwit everybody on that stage who is just 
razor tongued and ready to go. Right, a thousand percent. And I think that DeSantis uh, needs there needs to be questions asked. Kanye, obviously, very inexperienced, wild, you know, like needs to be challenged. And to me, with Trump, like I haven't really seen him. He's always challenged from the left, and they're always very just dishonest and like it's pointless. Very rarely do they do anything impressive, sadly. Uh, but when the right challenges him, it very rarely happens unless it's coming from the, the snakes. You know what I'm saying? Like the snakes on the right. Candace gave him an interview and she questioned him about the vaccine a little bit. And he said it was the greatest human achievement. He thinks he saved 100 million lives. And then she reported, you know, this is her alleging, but uh, I believe her, that he got kind of ticked off that she kind of was like, oh, he doesn't know what he's not. Like she tried to save face because... It was one of those situations that like Tim's kind of caught in now where someone's going to be mad at you. Either Trump's going to be mad at you. Your base is going to say you didn't push him on the vaccine enough. She's friends with Trump, but he's selling it too hard. So she tried to kind of save face for him and he got mad at it. Uh, so I think he has it like it's this weird place where he gets challenged from liars so so frequently. But with the vaccine, he's so stubborn on it. And I think, you know, him just like taking the reins again and like not being challenged. I don't see I don't see him really doing everything people think he is. And real quick, I found out I did a lot of research, unfortunately, a little late, but he hired a pharmacy lobbyist to run human health services. Alex Azar was an Eli Lilly executive. So Donald Trump could have put in someone more like a Rand Paul, uh, you know, that's not like a complete big pharma shill, but he he put big pharma shills everywhere. And a lot of this stuff was building from then. Uh, in 2018, he met with Bill Gates, and in 2019, Trump passed an executive order called the Universal Influenza Vaccine Executive Order, and it brought together like eight branches of government to do this, do this. So I feel like a lot of the lockdown, although it's not like 100% Trump's fault, and I don't know if anyone else could have stopped it, he didn't put in the right people to prevent it. And I think DeSantis put a good Surgeon General in. Joseph Lopato is like a frontline doctor you know, goes against the tyranny. So that doesn't mean DeSantis is completely trustworthy or Trump's completely bad, but I think he needs to be challenged because I, my question is, I'll never get an interview with them, but I'm like, if you run again at, at HHS, will you put a pharmacy lobbyist there again, or will you put someone that we know will not do that? You know, so that's the type of challenge I want to see. And I think DeSantis was better on COVID rhetoric. So I think him clashing with Trump Trump will call him out on forward policy. He'll call him out on COVID stuff. And hopefully, you know, we, like whoever wins it will be, like you said, steel a lot sharper than they were if they just ran, you know, unchallenged. Yeah, I, I hope uh, for Florida's sake that uh, Ron DeSantis just stays there for, for the last four years that he's won. And then think about maybe 2028, although I, I care less and less about uh, federal elections now. And I, I'm more and more so uh, interested in how individual states are are really shielding themselves from egregious overreach from uh from dc so i hope i hope that uh desantis just stays there for florida's sake and for his own his own uh i don't know his own record just go out there and and, and do your thing but i don't know man i i think there's a lot of interesting things there obviously we're going to see and in short order because i could not even conceive of us getting to 2022 elections so quickly. So uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's already 2028. We just don't know it yet. But um, I, I appreciate you being on with me here, dude. It's been four or five some odd years, and I'd love to do it again quicker than that the next time. Appreciate you. Yeah, and I just want to say at the end of the day, you know, everybody watching, I think 
self-awareness, self-accountability is important. So just crushing at whatever you're doing makes a difference. And, you know, I don't know the political skew here, but I know there's a lot of conservatives and Republicans probably. I just hope people, whether it's DeSantis or Trump or whoever, they're willing to ask questions and willing to push back because even these politicians that we love, they're all taking donor money. They're all taking big meetings. There's all a game they have to play just to kind of get there because politics is slimy. And the American people, all we have is our constitution and our and God and our and our will to you know stand firm. And I just hope people don't get too caught in the thought of what they are because uh, I think a lot of these people, even that I like, are not really going to execute how how people think they are unless enough people call them out and stand firm. And then I think they'll do a better job. So I hope the conservative base and the truther base and whatever you know they stand true to their values and you know, don't get deceived because there's always going to be a Patriot Act or an Iraq war and there's always going to be a right wing scam also, you know. Yes, don't cry, uncle. They're going to twist all of our arms soon. It's uh, It's been great to talk with you again, Anomaly. I hope you have a wonderful night and, uh, and, and we'll be in touch. Appreciate you guys. God bless you guys. Have a good night. All right. God bless. Be well. So there you go, ladies and gents. We are on the other side of the intermission now, and we're going to go and take a quick break. When we come back, I'm just going to get into your super chats. I'm going to take some of your calls, and that's what we're going to do for the rest of the time. It's 8.20. We'll be back in just about a minute and a half. That is not time to leave. You can go take a a wee-wee if you have to. Go refill your drink or whatever the hell it is. And, uh, and of course, tell more people to come because now we are opening up the phone lines. The number is 914-595-6953. Or you can jump into the Discord where I have uh, plenty of space for people in these voice chats. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Did I set up the intermission? Did I? Yes, I did. All right. Bye. Welcome to Intermission. We'll we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. 
All right, you ready? It's good to have you back, ladies and gents. It's good to have you back. I think we've had a nice audience here tonight. I hope it's been enjoyable. Tomorrow's going to be a really good one. We've got another great guest coming on. We'll be talking a little bit more history, a little bit more human nature, uh, economics, and I'm digging up some good stuff for December programming. I want to get good variety and a lot of fun. So if this is your first time watching, welcome. We're live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. on quitefrankly.tv or anywhere else. Quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole, but there's the Theta, there's YouTube, there's Twitch, there's DLive, there's Rockfin, there's Rumble, and we're going to get around to all of your super chats in just a moment. Let's do that right now. All right. First one up is Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty says, Frank, I'm so glad that you had Dream Rare IG name on the show. Also, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Please give a love shout out to the Quite Frankly chat room. Hugs and kisses from Hello Kitty. You hear that, guys and gals? Hugs and kisses for you all from Kitty. Stostubes, thank you so much. Wonderful to have you out there. Sending love back. G. Taylor says, why doesn't Kanye nip this in the bud and call out the satanic Kazarian Nazis and their minions uh, instead of blaming the Jews because that's who they are? Uh, I don't think that nips anything in the bud. As I've said before, um, and I've done many, many shows on different aspects of this, uh, the histories, the and, and there's still more to do, much more to do. There's some people that's all they do. Um... But as I've said, regardless of how you see the world and how it is divvied up and the influences of different groups in the world and how they kind of, how they all shake out as far as hierarchy goes. Uh, remember, you, you, gotta, you gotta consider Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a lot lot like like what we're talking about here. There are ancient religions. There are just groups of bruisers out there, but there are there are old houses, there are new alliances, there are there's betrayal, there's there's so much. It's a shifting landscape and here we are, the mud kickers at the bottom. So there's a lot of things going on there. And Whenever you're talking about nipping things in the bud and calling p things out, you're, you're, you're usually talking about some kind of a moment of waking people up. The worst thing to do to wake people up is to go to the end of a book and to spring on them one big reveal or another. If people are really in a sleepy state and they're looking at things around them and questioning things for the first time, wondering why our minds are all so twisted, what kind of uh, influence the media has, uh, w where it all started, what's going on, the true nature of the world wars, yellow journalism, false flags, all that stuff. You have to start off very small. You really do. It, 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 that, that whole ripping the rug out thing, pulling the band-aid off, doesn't help a lot of people. It can actually screw them up real bad. So I would not start there. Um, so that's why I think Kanye, I mean, a, a, as much as it's already caused him problems, like I said before, he was, when he said, I, I, I'm not interested in your opinion 
on this. I'm interested in your opinion on how to save the country, how to, you know, how, how to make my campaigning better. But this I'm not interested in. Why? Because it's his story. He's talking about something that happened to him. And um, there's that. Let's see. Uh, Shao Khan says, you weak, pathetic fools, I've come for your souls. Oh, my God. It has begun. Let's see. Urban in, Amer in, Urban in Arizona says, about time you came in, Anomaly. Great to see you here on the number one show on the Internet. Keep it up, Frank. Well, listen, don't tell anybody about this show. Don't tell everybody. I actually... I actually like how cozy it is, but I appreciate you. I'm going to continue to work so that uh, everything else pales in comparison. Let's see. That was from a day ago. Okay. I got rid of all, I got all that out of the way. I hope everybody on Rockfin is enjoying themselves. Let me go over to Rumble, see how everybody's doing. We have a Rumble rant from Just Revere. It says, I love Anomaly, bro. You got the damned tetanus shot. But, bro, you got the damn tetanus shot. You cannot understand how warp speed saves many lives. Wait, saves many lives if you don't understand how all vaccines harm. Love and respect. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I love Anomaly, but, bro, you got the damn tetanus shot. You cannot understand how warp speed saves many lives if you don't understand how all vaccines harm. Love and respect. I may just be slow right now, but I'm trying to make sense of that. Maybe it's, I don't know. I, I'm, if that's grammatically correct, then I, I'm, I'm missing, I'm missing the point. But I can't, I, the last time I had a tetanus shot, I didn't understand it either. It was like November of 2010. It was November of 2010, and we all got together for a flag football game. We organized a big flag football game for uh, our shows at Isles in New York. And we all got together. We had all, all of our, uh, our jerseys made. We got the, the field set aside. It was like a five-on-five. Five. And we were doing kickoff returns and everything. And I got my, my ankle twisted bad in, in, a, in a scrum for the ball in um for a kickoff return and so i went to the i went to the uh the side of the i went to the sidelines and i taped myself up and i went back out and qb'd the rest of the game thought I was, okay it was just a little little twist well later on that night i was waking up i was almost feeling feverish it was just throbbing and it just sucked the next day i was all swollen i obviously sprained pretty bad and i went to I went to the uh, the emergency room where I had my great part-time insurance kicked in because we had it at that point because Obamacare hadn't ruined it all because uh, it was all lies. Had nice part-time insurance, good enough to make sure that those very expensive x-rays didn't have to worry about that, didn't have to worry about anything catastrophic. I was in my mid-20s, so it did not. Um, I didn't really need much except catastrophic care. I went in there, I got a x-ray to make sure it wasn't broken they gave me an air cast and some crutches i walked out of there i think i only paid 25 dollars but the one thing that they did give me they said well we see here that you haven't had your tetanus shot in over 10 years so we're going to give you that i was like okay <laughs> i was like wait a second i 
I didn't step on a rusty nail. What the fuck are they giving me a tetanus shot for a for a sprained ankle? I if that were today, obviously I would say no. No, I'm good. But um Yeah, that was the last time I got a tetanus shot. Might have been the last time I got a shot, period. And yeah. They asked what they asked uh, they kept asking about Aurora. Uh let's get her a tetanus shot or pertussis or whatever the hell it is, a tetanus. And I said, "No, nah, we're good. We're good with that." And I said, "Yeah, but is she going outside? Is she playing with the dirt and all that stuff?" Said, yeah, she goes outside and we we we're in the garden from time to time. And yeah. Like, "Well, you can get tetanus from the dirt." I'm like, "Okay, well, we're going to take our chances and and I'll just make sure that we wash our hands when we come inside." I was like, "Jesus." Jeez, Louise. So, anyway, uh, let's go on to something else. Over to the gold pills on quitefrankly.tv. Now you can call in, and I'll start uh, I'll start taking some calls in just a second while I'm running through these. 914-595-6953, or get into the Discord. To the top, Scout65 says, uh, You have one of the best shows, Frank. Don't get to see it much, though. Thanks for your work. Scout, don't worry about that. I appreciate when people are able to come and check it out live, but, you know, life takes you places, I always say. And however you get to enjoy the show after the fact on the podcast or any of the video platforms that host it, that it's safely archived, then just enjoy yourself. And you can always email the show. And uh, and if it's if it's pivotal stuff, things that you want to contribute to a show, I'll always read it onto the record afterwards, so... There you have it. Or I try to. At the very least, I'll see it. So thank you, Scout. Thank you, Sean Joe. Rook Castle says, Ye has suffered at the hands of handlers, but unfortunately, I think he's still being manipulated. Oh, yeah. The all... I don't... I would not... Um, I would not advise anybody to buy into any of this completely. I think that it's really compelling that we finally have a... Um, a very big public anti-Zionist slash anti-vaccine figure, a character that's been written into, that's been written into this, uh, this movie. Uh, that's been compelling, but I, I am totally personally divested from these stories. Um, I think that they're interesting, but I'm, I'm handling them dispassionately because you just never know. Uh, like like Roseanne and Kathy O'Brien were saying about some like somebody like uh, Kanye West, who's been so deep in that sunken place for so long, and handled by people of top caliber, uh, milita- you know, military defense caliber handlers. You just don't know what phase in awakening they're in, how deep inside they still are. It's we're just we're just the audience over here. Let's see here. Um, Rook also says the hubris is a bit much though Spicoli says don't forget to hit that red pill people and light one up thank you so much what the fuck is that how dare you scare the shit out of me hold on a second I gotta mute all those damn Skype sounds because they still don't have a mute button on it um, Rook Castles is when his trainer threatened his visitation with the children, he should have beat his ass. Jukani says, Twitter, useless feeders. Now do the federal government. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. We're talking about millions there. 7,500 people 
at Twitter that didn't need to be there. You think about the 2.2 million that are employed by the federal government. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I know that we have federal employees that work, that, that watch this show and support this show. I understand. I understand what it's become, and I understand that it supports a lot of families, and there are a lot of patriotic people in there. But it, it, it is a ruse, and it is a symptom of a much bigger problem that actually takes away from the autonomy of people inside of this country. Because any government that needs millions of people to operate it, mainly because they're taking care of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people outside of that, it is gone completely off the rails. And it's a, it's a bad sign. Let's see. Sean Joe, thank you again. One more for Rook. Uh, the real threat to democracy is leaders making poor or intentional bad decisions and not held accountable. River Pike says, good evening, Frank. Good show. Thank you to Sean Joe. Thank you to Stostube for sending a whole sleeve of cookies over there on Foxhole. Captain Flint, thank you. Uh, what else do we have here? Risen Patriot 76 says, Frank and Anomaly are cousins for sure. We're not related that I know of, but you know, people say people uh, wonder if me and Timothy Gordon are, are are related. East Coast, West Coast cousins. Uh, what else we have? River Pike, thank you. NJSF, thank you. Porpoiseful, thank you. And four one two Productions, what's going on, Adel? Tried to call in on Google Hangout. Says it's not working. Oh. I, I, yeah, I don't have the hangout on, Adel. Uh, but call in somewhere else. Call in on the, uh, on the Skype or get into the Discord. I'll see you, Adel. Either that or I will put the, the Zoom back on, Adel. And if you have my Zoom link, then jump into that. Here, I'm going to start the Zoom up. And if Adel wants to jump in, then I'll, uh, I'll be on the lookout for that. Let's take a call first. 814, you're on the air. Who's this? Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, 814. I'm muted all. Are you there, 814? Hold on. One more time. Wait. Picked up my... There you go, the, There you go, 814. How you doing? Good. Hi, Frank. Thanks for taking my call. I um, I love the show. The great show tonight and great show last night, too. Really enjoyed it. And uh, I just... I, I jotted down a couple of notes and uh, from last night's show and... Um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm really Psy-Eye and Elon. I, I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on it because the whole microchip and the Neuralink thing and the transhumanist thing and, um, you know, he he talked about this technology going too far and yet here he is advancing with it. And I, I, I just kind of feel like he's, he's coming to the people to... Uh, to try and to get on our side somehow, but um, I don't know. I really feel like he's a, he's kind of a controlled opposition. What, how do you feel about that? Oh, well, I, I, that's that's been a long topic of discussion on this show, for sure, because when we were, yeah. I remember, I don't know when it was, might have been, I, I don't know when it was, it might have been actually a little bit before Trump took office or something like that, or maybe right in the middle of the, the first couple of years of him being in office there was a there was a time where he was granting interviews about things like ai and likening it mm -hmm. to the calling forth of the demon or a demon yeah. so i mean he's 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 making biblical 
statements like that as far as AI goes. And then uh, less than two years after he made that statement, he might have made it on Joe Rogan's show or something like that. Less than two years after making that statement, he yep. takes uh, he takes a very, if you can't beat him, join him kind of a stance and announces Neuralink is in, is in the works and says it's the only way we're going to be able to keep up with our now out of control creation of artificial intelligence. So uh, that's one of the reasons why about the chip in the brain man that's freaking me out like what you know if he can do all he's got all this power with uh uh with uh the tesla and all of that you know all of this this stuff can be transferred over really quickly it and i don't know if you've ever heard this before but have you ever heard about the the term conspiracy theorist that it, it actually originated um uh with the Nazis that came over and joined NASA and, and as part of their, their MKUltra experiments and to try and, um, you know, have a cover for their MKUltra experiments, it was just this, oh, yeah, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. But, well, you know, that's kind of where that, that term was derived from. No, it, I don't know. It, Elon's got me side-eyeing him. Like, well, well, good. Side-eye yeah. side him and, and whatever you do, 814, do not put a chip in your brain. Uh, conspiracy theory, thank you for the call. Conspiracy theory was actually a problem product of uh, Mockingbird, and that was rolled out to actually meet a lot of the very um, the very uh, responsibly skeptical people who were analyzing the Kennedy assassination. So that's that's where that's where we started getting astroturfed by by the intelligence services with the with conspiracy theory. It was the the Kennedy assassination is when that really made made landfall. Absolutely. Let me see here. Hold on a second. Uh, I see. Where the hell are we have him? Here we go. Yo, Adel. Hey, what's up, Frank? Can you hear me? I can hear you, dude. Good, man. Good. Sorry, uh, I got you on my uh, computer speakers here. I can't get my normal mic to work, but hopefully you can hear me. All right. You know, this is, the, you this is the first time I've actually taken a video call from Skype in a long time. Let me see if I still have the NDI that works. Uh, hold on a second. Skype uh, call. No, Anomaly's not on right now. Let's see. Skype NDI. Get rid of the Zoom. And guest name. Let's see. Come on. Still work. Do you, you're still working for me, Skype? Hold on. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, anyway. Whatever. Okay, so uh, what's on your mind, Adel? It's great to hear from you. Yeah, man. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm not often, you know, kind of with it at this hour to, to be calling in. I was hanging out. I'm about to actually go live again myself in about 15 minutes, and I was watching your show. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call in and say hi and see what's up with all the Franklies out there. Well, what, uh, what I really, happened? really enjoyed the interview with Anomaly, man. He made some really great points. Well, I appreciate that. I'm so happy that you're out there watching. Why are you going live? Is there something, is there something uh, big happening, or you just have an idea you wanted to get out, or what? Not at all, actually. On Tuesday nights, me and my friend uh, Maven uh, just kind of do a music stream. I make a punk rock playlist every uh, every Tuesday night. We go from 9 to 11 uh, on her channel on the Foxhole. Uh, it's Maven. You'll see it there on the side, uh, the Maven channel. Um, so that's just something we've been doing every Tuesday night. Really enjoy it. Uh, but, yeah, I heard you guys talking about the, the whole Kanye thing, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought you had a 
pretty interesting take, man. I I watched it. I just thought Kanye made a fool of himself by walking out so easily. I didn't put much of that on Tim, so I found it interesting uh, your your take on on Tim's whole role. Oh, it's not it's not all. I, I mean, I, I saw a lot of people saying, "Wow, Tim Tim really Tim Pool really blew it." And um, whatever, uh, everybody. If my my main thing is everybody played a role in all that, and I don't think that Kanye should have left after twenty minutes. I, I mean, even if you see that the host that you're sitting with, it, it's ridiculous to 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 think that you're only going to do me. What was he promised beforehand that Tim was not going to disagree with him? On, on anything or, or 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 be on opposite sides of, of one statement or another it was he made promises that you know that Tim wouldn't I, I mean so I don't I don't understand what could have been so bad that even though he was sitting there with two of his friends each of them have really very well known and large followings that he couldn't have had good moral support in the in the hour and a half to follow I, I just didn't understand that on his part. Yeah, that's. I was kind of surprised. Like, I was really looking forward to kind of a contentious exchange of ideas, yeah. you know, where some of that would get flushed out. And before, before there could really even be pushback, I felt like he was up and gone. And it really didn't look good. I thought, like, you know, you're you, you're so adamant about these ideas, and you're so, you know, you're you're so passionate about what you've been through, and you want to get it out there. What what better way than to make a believer out of a skeptic, or to or to talk to someone? Uh, with a large platform that's going to challenge you, especially when you have your friends there to help. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was a really weak look from Kanye, uh, the way he just kind of stormed off so quickly. And again, for 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 Tim, you don't have to assume. You don't have to assume the role of knowing it all, and you don't have to assume any of that stuff. You can just facilitate a conversation. Uh, you can have your disagreements, but you don't have to make those those the. Uh, you why not ask more uh, Socratic. Uh, you know, use that Socratic method of just asking questions that are rooted in some of your own personal thoughts and feelings and just see if any test the logic and see if it, it checks out. Not only that, but Tim is the type that I think in the last 15, 20 minutes takes super chats from people. I'm sure that there would be very um, tough questions that come in from an audience as large as that, that you can just leave it up to the audience to press him on things that, that otherwise you may not even know how to formulate a good question. So there are so many ways that you can conduct a controversial interview like that without having to know everything. And yeah, no, I completely agree, man. There's a lot of different ways that could have been done. Man, oh, so what kind of music you got? You got lined up for tonight? Oh man, all, all of uh, all of my my punk rock favorites. You got some Bad Religion, some Rancid, Op Ivy, nice. uh, No Effects. I mean, pretty much what you expect. Some social distortion in there as well. Um, I got, I think, thirty-five different songs. I don't think I repeated a band twice. So, what are you, what are you playing? A bad religion tonight? Anything off of New Maps of Hell? Uh, Infected, I think, is the song I picked for tonight. But I do like that album a lot. I know it's not punk think... rock, but you you know what you got to listen to. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty intense. I love it. Uh, it's this band Havoc, and uh, I think it's it's pretty new. No, not newish. It came out about ten ten or twelve years ago, whatever. Havoc, the band's name is, and uh, the the song is called "Prepare for Attack," and it is okay. just it's just badass. So like whenever I feel whenever I feel like the uh, the temperature is rising in the world, I just put on Havoc. I'm like, yeah, let's go work out. Prepare. All right, for, I they're just, coming. I just bookmarked it on Spotify. Oh, it's it's badass. All right. 
I'll give Sweet. you. I'll give you. I'll throw a lot. Now that I know that you do that on Tuesday nights, I'll throw you some recommendations because I'm. I'm gonna, I got to start doing some more stuff like that on Foxhole too. That's where we can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, this past Saturday morning, actually, I, I played around with a format where I was taking calls, playing a couple songs, reading an article here and there. It was kind of fun. It was a really chill Saturday morning chat with the audience and everything. So it's something I'm gonna keep doing as well. Uh, you know, Foxhole only. Like you said, you get away with it there. And I like giving them some exclusive content because, you know, I really like what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. I'm loving it more and more. I'm glad that we I'm glad that we've been part of this wave and we're seeing all this innovation all at once. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last thing. I thought Anomaly made a great, great point about um, how Donald Trump doesn't get challenged from the right enough, you know, aside from the rhinos. I always complained on my show that I wish he would take interviews with more independent media, people like us who would ask him different questions, tough questions, things that really do concern his followers uh, that we were trying to make sense of, uh, or his supporters uh, that we're trying to make sense of. He never really did that, and I think um, there's a giant blind spot there with his whole approach to things. Uh, an anomaly, I thought, made a really great point with that. He takes so many challenges from so many people, it makes him almost unwilling to hear criticism from those who actually mean well by giving it to him. Um, so I thought that was a really great point. I wanted to throw that out there as well before I say goodnight. No, I, I, I love it all. I love it. That's a great point there. I'm glad that uh, that, that that interview has uh, has struck people on a number of levels, man. And I'm, uh, I, I hope I get to get home in time to check you guys out live. So... Um, have yourself a good one. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Hey, thanks, Mike. I'll see you on Thursday. All right. Take care. Oh, that's right, everybody. Remember, taking it back with Adel Nero, Thursdays at 4 p.m. on Foxhole and on DLive and all that. So that's the Thursday afternoon show. Yes, indeed. Prepare, prepare, prepare for attack. Great drums. Good drums. Oh, damn. I got to add. I'm going to add this. This is uh, ambitious, but I I'm going to get in shape soon. And I'm going to add this to my drum, my drum jam nights when I start playing out to the iPod in the other room. The room is almost ready. Ready? Oh, yeah. Nuts. I love it. I love it. Prepare for attack, baby. Oh, oh! Look, Metallica has announced tour dates all throughout 2023, and they're going on the road with Pantera. Well, with Phil Anselmo and Rex Brown, with Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante, I'm. Uh, they're going to be at MetLife Stadium in August, and um, I, uh, I will be there, no doubt about it. We were making a joke today too that between Metallica and Pantera, uh, how many? How many 55-year-old men are going to be limping? They're all throwing their backs out <laughs> at Giant Stadium. After the, st after the show, how many 55-year-old men are going to be walking out with their backs completely in spasm? So I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to count that night. That'll be fun. Um, so that's happening in our world over here. All right, what else do we got? We've got 971. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, my name's Romeo. Who? Romeo. Romeo, take me over speakerphone. Okay, no, I am. Um, 
freelance journalist for right-wing media. I covered the story that you were talking about with Kanye and Yee and Trump, and I kind of see points in there where I think that Kanye is doing this only to allegedly sabotage Trump's ability to run, because here, here's the few factors into this. Number one, Trump has been bashed by the media, left and right. The other caller was right. The right has not bashed Trump hard enough or pushed Trump hard enough. So Kanye kind of is understanding that right now Trump's a fish out of water. So he's going to take advantage. But here's the kicker. There is an alleged supposed possibility that there is a mole in the House that's working with Trump. So Kanye and the alleged moles might have had connections to possibly bring in this guy that was allegedly a well-known white supremacist or a nationalist, if you will. And it seems all too common for this to be not what the case could wait, be. Wait, wait, Why wait, 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 so, wait, wait, okay, so back up, there's a mole inside of the house that is working with Trump to bring in who? A, a, a white nationalist? Yes, because the guy that he Where? brought to dinner with Trump. Nick Fuentes? Trump was having dinner with Yeezy that night, a few nights ago. The reason why Yeezy stormed off was because he knew that, and I know a lot of you people out there listening hate Tim Pool. He stormed off of Tim Pool's podcast, not wanting to answer any questions because Yeezy knew that he was going to be questioned about this. He brought in a guy with him. Yeezy had dinner with Trump, brought a alleged well-known white nationalist, a alleged well-known white nationalist. Who, who, who are you talking? Wait, 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 wait. Who are you talking? Are you talking about Nick Fuentes? Because that's what how people have been describing him. Or are you talking about a, myster a mystery guy that we don't know about? There, it could be the guy, the Nick guy. It could be somebody else. There's somebody in there trying to destroy Trump. And if Trump has an alleged mole in the house that he's working with, why would security allow somebody who is possibly known to go against Trump or be an alleged white nationalist? We don't know. These are accusations. I'm not going to say whether it's true or false. We can say we don't know. And as a journalist myself, I look at it and I say, well, it's weird that his Trump security did not check this guy's background. Why would it be that this guy's background would not be checked? I don't know. It's possible that the, that the people that are working with ease is trying to make it easy win for Kanye to take the win because well, Kanye knows that Trump's not going to win. Well, one way, one way or another, one way or another. Thank you for the call nine one nine seven one. One way or another, what I would say for there to be a, a sabotage plot worked into this somehow, would that be out of you know uh, something that that we've never seen before? No, but uh, I I don't know how quickly together how quickly a dinner like this comes together. Everybody has background checks run on them. And if you're not a criminal, then I, I don't think Nick Fuentes has committed any crimes other than being 
uh, universally banned, but you know what? Trump has been banned too. He's been uh, censored. He's been accused of things. Uh, I, I don't personally listen to Nick Fuentes. He's just a lot younger and just appealed to a, another kind of audience. And I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't uh, mind that he's out there. I just don't know too much about his work. Whatever I had seen seemed pretty. I don't. Know, I don't know. Edge lordy and whatever. But would that have kept him from accessing a, a restaurant? I don't know. How quickly would that done? And, and who's bringing him in for what reason? And is Kanye really going to reap the benefits of Trump out? You, th you really think that Kanye West is going to get the Republican Party nomination if Donald Trump is somehow backed off and pushed out of the picture? You really think Kanye West is going to be president? You think he's going to be inaugurated in uh, January of 2025? That's not happening. So um, if that is the plan, it's a ridiculous plan. If the if the the end result is to be to get Kanye into the White House, that's not happening. Is anybody with me on that? I I just don't see how that happens. So I don't know what it could be. But, you know, anything that they're going to, anything that they could use against Donald Trump, they will, and they are. And it won't be the last thing that they try to spin into a, uh, a Nazi confirmation theory. That's just what it is. All right, 8.59, that's it. We did a great time, a great, uh, a great uh, session here tonight. We have more coming up tomorrow at 7 o'clock when we have our guest, our good buddy, Robin McCutcheon, joining us. And we're going to be talking about... A Good number of things on the economic level, uh, economic end, history, Black Friday, all that stuff as we start getting more holiday-minded, and I'm sure you'll appreciate that. On Thursday night, Judge Joe Brown comes back, I believe. I have to, conf I have to confirm with him tomorrow, but we got Judge Joe Brown on Thursday. Friday, I'll make sure we have some kind of a rabbit hole to jump into. Maybe Matt will be back. Who knows? But thank you. Oh, Captain Flint just says, Adel. Taking requests, waiting room, Fugazi. Great. I was just listening to waiting room over the weekend. It came on my shuffle. I have Fugazi, uh, I have waiting room in my, quite frankly, playlist, the mixtape on Spotify. You can find that Spotify playlist on quitefrankly.tv on the on-demand section. Good one right there. Let's see. Ranger L says, "I work for federal government and could easily cut as much as uh, cut as much as Twitter without reducing service quality." Hey, uh, w that's why Ranger. When we hear about government shutdowns coming our way, and we hear that it's a 17% shutdown, 17%, and it's sending God knows how many people home. Like, wow, wow. It's like the. Whenever somebody threatens a shutdown of, of the government, I'm always saying to myself, this is, this should at least be the baseline of what it is every day. Talk about non-essential. Lordy, lordy. Anyway, let's see. That's all I have here. Thank you, guys. Let me make sure I didn't get anything else uh, missed. Nope, nope, nope. That's all. We're good. Tomorrow is another day, my good friends. So uh, thank you very much for tonight, and we will see you soon. Become a sponsor of the show. I, uh, I should plug myself more often, but it would be a tremendous honor 
to call many of you, many more of you, my boss lady or my boss man. Thank you for coming on and uh, enjoying this night with me. I'd love to. Um, I'd love to have you all back tomorrow. I'll keep the coffee hot. You keep your pants off. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Hello Kitty SKS, Stostub, and G Taylor, not to be outdone by Shao Khan, and Urban in Arizona. Thank you, ladies and gents, across uh, Foxhole and Rumble and everywhere else. I will see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. <laughs>